Hello, and welcome to Birth of Family Church Podcast. We trust that you'll find an encouraging word to strengthen your walk with the Lord. And if you're visiting the area, or if you're looking for a good church home, come check us out at birthedfamilychurch.org. There you can find our location and service times. Thanks again for tuning in. God bless. We magnify the name that's above every name, that the name of Jesus every knee will bow and every tongue will frankly and openly confess that Jesus is Lord. We exalt that name right now. Hallelujah. We believe that everything that has a name is bowing the knee to that name. Sickness is bowing its knee. Financial turmoil is bowing its knee. Family problems are bowing its knee. Fear is bowing its knee in our lives. Now, if you believe that, it'd be good to give them a big shout. Ready, get set, go. Hallelujah, Lord! And glory to God. Amen. Hallelujah. So, uh, we have a lady in our church, and uh, the doctors told her, your kidneys are virtually gone. I don't know, I should probably get the exact word wording from her. And you're going to have to go on dialysis. And so she started speaking the word of God, but like what Pastor Bruce said, she also started shouting about it, despite what the report was, definitely despite what her body felt like. And so she just started speaking the word about it, no matter what she felt like, and shouting about it, even though it does not look like there's anything to be shouting about. But she did. And so it got to the point now where she ain't going on dialysis. And uh, her doctor, I think, told her her kidneys are fine now. But the funny thing is that two weeks ago in church, my husband had a shouting. And so some people were shouting, some people weren't. They're like, oh, they're making a shout again. Not that our people are saying that, but people think that, you know. Why are they making a shout again? But as we started to shout, there came a shout in the room that hit me. And almost knocked me over. This shout had so much substance of faith in it that it ricocheted around the whole room. And I looked around because it had something on it, had faith on it. I'm like, where's that shout? It was her. And she had a worse diagnosis maybe than anyone in that room. But she had learned the power of shouting. Hallelujah. Not crying. Not even singing songs necessarily. That's great because she's a singer. But she pushed on over to shouting. Shouting through the tears. Shouting through the bad report. Hallelujah. And she learned when I shout, the glory comes out. Hallelujah. I, this is not a pretty sermon. I'm talking about how to live and not die. This is two weeks ago. And so I went over. I said, man, your shout had something on it. And she goes, yeah, well, I, you, you know, I use that shout. Hallelujah. And she's still shouting about it, even though she got the good report. Because if she can do that with her tongue, that part of her body, it'll affect her kidneys. I'm talking about how to be healed. Are you with me here? Hallelujah. So now I would like everyone here and online, uh, do you post this so it rebroadcasts also? Okay. So if you're, uh, is this on Facebook or, or, okay. So. Okay, cool. So if you're watching me right now on Facebook, there's a red box. That means that's a live presentation. So if you're commenting and stuff, uh, you know, whoever's watching comments, if they are, they'll see that. But if there's no red box, that means you're watching a rebroadcast. We encourage you, like, 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 share, 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 comment, comment, comment. Even if you're watching a rebroadcast, because every time you comment or say anything, that's an amen. And we strongly encourage engagement. When something comes from the pulpit, grab it and amen it and make it yours. Hallelujah. I was just at a meeting and I'm taking notes because as an act of faith, when I go to church, even if I'm not a fan of the preacher, (laughs) I start taking notes because I'm honoring the gift inside so I'll get what I need. I write notes. It's an act of faith I can do. So I encourage you to do that also. Amen. But an amen... Or when something jumps out at you, an amen, that grabs it for you. And that's what you want, man. Hallelujah. 
that's how we are real Christians and we get stuff done. So I would ask everyone right now, live here in the church, uh, online, live now, or in a rebroadcast. I'm getting ready to preach and I'm going to ask you to do an act of faith right now. Even if you're watching the rebroadcast, you do it and the sermon will turn out way better for you. Hallelujah. I would ask everyone here to raise one hand towards heaven as an act of faith. And let your heart agree with what I'm going to pray. Father, we magnify the name of Jesus as the name above every name. That the name of Jesus, every knee will bow and every tongue will frankly and openly confess that Jesus is Lord. My Father, I stir that in with Ephesians 6, 19 and 20. I ask that you would grant to me unction. I ask that you'd open my mouth to make known the mystery like it ought to be made known. With all boldness today. Hallelujah. Now, if you believe that, another act of faith is to put your other hand up in the air with that. And by faith, give him a shout. Ready? Get set. Go. Hallelujah, Lord! Glory to God. Hallelujah. A lot of unction already here. That is severe coolness. Hallelujah. So let me get my clock up here. Hallelujah. <clears throat> and so uh, my name is Dana Schrader. And like what Pastor said, uh, we, we do pastor in Thousand Oaks. Our, we're having a facility issue right now, and we're bleeding for another facility. But our people are shuttling up to a new church we just acquired in Santa Barbara. Hallelujah. And so that's where my husband is today. And then we also have another facet of our ministry, which is an itinerant roving or traveling ministry. And that's called prayer school. And what that's designed to do is to put box-ready prayer departments say, into the local church safe, effectual, joyous prayer that not only makes, uh, they're not the source of the power, but they help to make tremendous power available for the vision of the church to be pulled out, activated, and then those prayers that are participating in that are not just in a dark room somewhere called the, those are the prayers. No, they pray and the Holy Ghost rises up and puts them into groups and gives them subjects to pray about and then invariably those prayers rise up and become uh, doers of what they're even praying about hallelujah and so that's prayer school and then now we have healing school <laughs> yeah and so uh, so your pastor talked to me about it you know and i started the, whatever, this thing called healing school which you know i was just like what i you know whatever and so because like i'm not reinhard bonke or something you know or you know whatever and so you can see the stuttering but uh so the lord had me do this thing called healing school and i'm like i don't know why you're talking to me about this you know you got you know benny hen you know sing choir sing he kind of sounds like count chocula but he's amazing <laughs> right and he has bona fide signs wonders and miracles and where he gets those white suits i don't know him and norval both got white suits hallelujah but i'm not reverend benny hen and he's amazing he has miracle signs and wonders right and so I'm just me, you know. And so, plus I was more interested in prayer than healing. But and so, but God had us do this. And so, that's what we're doing. But uh, yeah, that's what we do. And so, but I do know this. Just like a, with a little slinging stone, like how David killed a bear and a lion and eventually Goliath. Hallelujah. I got a little slinging stone. Amen. Come on. That I just kind of tell people. And then they like do it. And then, like, their bodies change. Amen? Amen? It's not hard. It's easy. Amen. Amen. So he, pastor wants to do it, so just throw me a bone, man, and have mercy on me. <laughs> Hallelujah. <clears throat> I told Pastor David Kramer, I said, you know, this is really not my wheelhouse. He goes, you need to stop saying that. He said, uh, he called me, and he said, because he goes, I taste miracles, Dana. <laughs> and he did that. It was embarrassing. <laughs> and I go, what? And he goes, Yeah. I taste miracles. Hallelujah. And we found, this is not my preaching, i got to make my time. And so we found an old prophecy of Brother Higgins, and he talked about when faith is taught as simple as a math problem, as one would write on a chalkboard, when it's taught so simple that a little boy and a little girl can do it, that will be the basis for miracles and signs and wonders to come in on the, on the, on the top of that. Makes sense because as the saints get in faith, they become the lightning rods for the flat flashes of power. Hallelujah. And he said there'll be a pop, pop, popping of miracles. And so come and learn together. You know what I mean? I'm just learning, but it does work. Hallelujah. That was my ad. That's hilarious. Anyway, <clears throat> so I'm here today uh, because uh, they asked me to, and because I called them. And, uh, but uh, 
So I just want to say, um, so everybody talks about like the coming of the Lord. Let's go to Ephesians 1 real quick here. Ephesians 1. You ever heard me take, talk about that? Come on. Dude, come on. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> Ephesians 1 and verse 17. This prayer is the cornerstone of uh, our ministry. Changed my life when I started praying. I love what my husband says. You don't even have to understand what it means. Just pray the thing. It's awesome. It's like a magic wand. Put that in your Christian doctrine. Anyway, <clears throat> Ephesians 1, 17. That the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, who is the Father of glory, may give to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of him. Hallelujah. That the eyes of your understanding would be enlightened and you would know what is the hope of his calling and what are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. So immediately what this prayer does is it begins to talk to you about what you're supposed to do in this life. I'll say it again. This prayer begins to talk to you what you're supposed to do in this life. It's very dangerous to compare your life with Benny Hinn's, like I just did. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because if I kept comparing myself with Reverend Benny Hinn, I probably wouldn't have done what God told me to do with healing school. So it's real important that you don't compare yourself with maybe other people your age, or don't compare yourself with other people in the job you're at. And don't compare, yeah, especially with age, don't compare with what other people are or aren't doing at your age. You better talk to God. And this prayer is a big shoehorn to get you into what he's called you to do. And I like what Teal Osborne, who's one of the greatest evangelists ever lived, he said, if you want to win souls, pray the Ephesians prayer. Because God will show you what you're called to do. And as you do it, then souls will be won. Are you with me? Like, you know, I'm up here right now in this adorable dress. Praise God. And I'm preaching. And so people are hearing me preach, and so they're getting saved. But we also, in December, we go to Seneca Falls, New York, and we bring our It's a Wonderful Life Christmas tree. Have you ever heard of the movie It's a Wonderful Life? Yes. You say, no, I don't know. If I, have you heard of it? All right, good. <laughs> so I have a tree, and it has all kinds of ornaments on it and unique things built in, like video and stuff like that, blooper reel. And I called that festival that has the cast members that attended still, the people that were kids in that movie. And I said, so is there an It's a Wonderful Life Christmas tree contest? And they go, what are you talking about? We don't even have any. What's an It's a Wonderful Life Christmas tree? I go, well, I have one. They go, oh. And say, they go, can you send us pictures of that? And I go, okay. So I sent them pictures. And those cast members said, can she bring that to Seneca Falls for the festival? So go there and bring that tree. And it's interesting that the, uh, the guy who wrote the movie, or whatever, came up with the movie It's a Wonderful Life, his family came over on the boat, dude. I think they were Italian. And uh, um, Frank Capra. And so he had a special name, like, I don't know, Pepe. I don't know. And his father, as they pulled into the harbor, he's a Pepe or whatever. He says, come up here. So he picks up that little boy, Frank Capra, and he says, look at the Statue of Liberty. Because it must have been nighttime. It was all lit up. And he said, that's the greatest light of freedom or liberty uh, with the, with the only, in the world with the only exception of the star that stood over the stable when Jesus was born. His movies always wanted to be about God and country. So we took our It's a Wonderful Life tree there with all the ornaments that I made. And then we put laminates out there telling that story. And you know how fun it is to make Christmas tree ornaments? It's so fun. But see, that idea came from light. And even though other people do Christmas trees, when I do a Christmas tree, my tree's like, hey, it's got favor. Are you with me? It's got life on it. It's got light on it. And so a very dangerous thing is to compare yourself with other people. You just got to do what God told you to do. And what he told you to do is not far from you. It's right in here. And this prayer is a can opener. So that's one thing you can do. You can also say, I know the voice, I am his sheep, and I'm following him. But continuing on here, and also in this prayer, and what is the exceeding greatness of his power towards us who believe according to a working of that power, which he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places, far above principality, power, might, and dominion, in every name that's named, not only in this age, but in that which is to come. So this prayer will extract what you're called to do. What do you do? I met this one lady. And she, I go, what do you do? She goes, I make quilts. I pray over them and take them to sick people. I'm like, dude, that is amazing. Right? In your pumpkin pie stuff, dude. Hallelujah. Martha Stewart, the way she started out, she took a pie to a fair and had a certain price on it. 
soon as they bought one she upped another dollar see how she much she could get away with and eventually now she's Martha but it's inside of you and again it's different than anybody else doing the same thing because God's on it here, okay, so anyway, it goes on to say here this amazing prayer. He put all things under his feet, gave him head over the church, which is by the fullness of him who filleth all in all. And, so go back up here again, that's the whole prayer, but this right here, verse 21, far above all principality, power, might, and dominion. When you just pray this little prayer, acknowledge what God tells you to do. Maybe, like Roy Cogshaw there in Tulsa, he's like the Fordologist. He knows more about Fords than probably anyone in the city. And people come to him. And when he starts talking about, have you ever had God help you do something? And people are like, how did you know how to do that? The Lord. Right? There's something that you do, and it has God on it. And whether it has thousands of people in front of you or not, it has this thing called the substance. He has given into every man a measure of the God kind of faith. So when you do something, either through integrity on your job, when everyone else is doing something different, or when you dare to believe God for your body to be healed, well, I don't know if I want to, you know, I'm just good, you know, going to the doctor and taking medicine. We believe in God and medicine. I mean, we believe in doctors and medicine. But when you decide, well, I can go and believe God alongside with that. Oh, that's the substance of heaven. And when you believe for your healing, and when you go to the doctor and you get your testimony, it's different from everybody else. Um, and, and well, where is it? Where I've been waiting and blah, blah. You know, if I, the, I was just at the Pastor Mark Garbers, and Miss Rhonda said that both the Garbers are saying now, it seems like we're just now kind of getting in place to do what God wanted us to do. All been training ground, all been faithfulness, find faithful, find you faithful, then he places you. Yes. Oh, that's right. He's looking for faithfulness. Yes. Now, Bosworth said this he wrote Christ the Healer. And he said, most ministers preach on manner of life, doing works. Rah, rah, rah. Is this church bigger than the other one? Rah, rah, rah. How big's your children's ministry? Rah, rah. How much money you got? Rah, rah, rah. But he said that's really not the gospel. What the gospel is, is when a Christian finds a promise about anything they're believing for and then dares to believe God and gets a testimony once you have that testimony, you prove to the world Jesus ain't dead. And that testimony has life on it. And you're going to get rewards for it. And it's preparing you for the place we're going to. And not many people talk about that anymore. People talk about, all oh, the rapture. I saw one crazy meme where there's a, there's a hatch door in the roof of the house. It's a rapture hatch. I'm like, you don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> Weird movies about the rapture where, you know, people get raptured off the airplane and all their clothes are folded up in the seat. I'm like, who, what? What are you talking about? No, right here. This prayer says, you find out what God wants you to do, do it. It bumps up against the power of the ages yet to come. And it starts pulling the ages this way. And God starts saying, oh, they're getting ready. They're getting ready with the stuff they're doing here by not stealing that pen. They're getting ready by the stuff they're doing right here. Believe in God for those warts to go. They're, they're getting ready. They're using the measure of the God kind of faith that I created the universe with to believe for their life bill to get paid. They're believing down there. Oh, good. They're taking that measure of faith I gave them, and they're creating with it. They're creating. They're working. Oh. They're getting ready to come here and rule and reign. That is what we're about. That is what we're about, and that is what will happen. And so it's very important that you not, and there's another scripture here. That's so cool, man. Uh, well, it says, don't turn there, but Luke 21, 28. The Bible says, when you hear of wars and rumors of wars, look up and lift up because your redemption's getting close. What helps you look up and lift up? You look at God and what he wants you to do. You look at the pathway right before you. Well, but the government, dude, churches are splitting over politics. They're splitting because some people are like, well, I'm leaving this church because my pastor doesn't talk about politics. 
And some are saying, I'm leaving because my pastor does talk about politics. And I'm telling you what, you got to watch that politics thing because it's subtle and it looks like righteousness when in fact, unless God leads you into it or to pray something, it is not, it's just stuff. And if it gets you riled up, it riled up will eventually turn into depression. It was so interesting. And we pray, we pray, and we believe God for our government. But the government rests on his shoulders. And we make sure we're looking up. One time I was getting so riled up, and the Lord was like, hey, Dana, what are you not doing that I told you to do that you'd be all in joy and faith about so that you're masking it, you are disguising it as this righteous indignation by getting all riled up with politics? Isn't that so good? Awesome. I'm like, all right. All right. It's interesting during the elections to look at the missionaries. <laughs> They're not riled up. They're like, oh, we're over here in this country. God told us to be in, you know, and we don't know what the government's doing, but God told us to be here, and so we're good. Amen. No ruffled feathers, nope. just moving on straight. Amen. Not getting offended. Yep. Is there so much offense out there? Yeah. Don't try to fight with it. And don't try, oh, I'm getting angry all the time. Don't try to do that. Don't try and fight with that anger. Find out again what Jesus told you to do. Pray this prayer. Amen. Get a little notebook. Write down what you think he might have told you to do. You know, did he tell you to make pies? Did he tell you to take an online class? Did he tell you to go visit the elderly? I don't know what he told you to do, but you got to do it. And it's interesting, too, in Acts 1.8, <clears throat> Jesus told those guys and girls and kids, before he sent on high, he goes, go and stay in that upper room until you be endued with power. And he said, well, let's do look at that. I'm trying to move along here. Acts 1.8. Acts 1.8. <clears throat> oh, yes, so good. Acts 1.8. But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me. I'll read it again. Acts 1.8. But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me. In Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the ends of the earth. When you got born again and filled with the Holy Ghost, without even trying, you became a witness. And I like how my husband says it. He said, everybody, saved or unsaved, is really a spirit. All humans are spirits. They live in a body, and they have a brain. And those spirits, they're either born again and filled with light, or they're not born again, and they're serving the devil, and they're dark. So when you walk into a room, this doesn't say you'll try to witness, it just says you are. And so you walk into a room, and those darkened spirits, they might be acting cool, laid back, not interested in you, even maybe condescending to you, but their spirit man's going, what in the world is that? So if you offer to pray for them, or you start to talk to them, I love how Pastor Judy said this, she was, even the words that you say to people have the substance of God on them if you're moving in faith, you know. And a sincerity comes through there that can't be matched by the world. It's on those words. And if you pray some, I'll tell you what, you do the works of Jesus. Hallelujah. Are you with me? And that's what we're looking for. You are a witness. You don't have to try. Hallelujah. You just are. That'd be good to even say that while you're driving. I'm a witness. Because the Bible says I am. Hallelujah. And so you do what God told you to do. Amen. So, uh, let's see here. I will go to this crazy, not crazy, but it's a wild scripture. I can't believe it came up in me. Matthew, Matthew 24, and I'm not getting some end time, whatever. Matthew 24, let's see here. Matthew 24 and verse 36. So this all looks to me, it's talking about the coming of the Lord, but you got to be careful, it's in the Gospels. Who's he talking to? The Jews, Gentiles, whatever. But uh, this is a good example. But he is talking about the coming of the Son of Man. So uh, Matthew 24, verses 36 through 34. Matthew 24. 24 and, is that right? 31. Oh, what? Oh, yeah. No? Yes, 24 36. <laughs> Welcome to what my husband puts up with all the time. <laughs> Uh, let's see here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so uh, Matthew 24, 36. 
But of that day and hour, no one knows, even the angels of heaven, but my father only. This really does sound like the coming of the Lord. And so, but as in the days of Noah, because see, it's like in Noah's day, you know, we pray for the rain. And so the heavens are opening up. And he said, I will flood the earth with my glory like the waters cover the sea. So we have a great picture here in Noah. And then, um, uh, you know, out of us come fountains and rivers. And it says when God flooded the earth that fountains of the deep came up out of the earth. So see, we got all the waterworks we need for the days of Noah. Comes out of our earthen vessel. Continuing on. Verse 38. For as in the days before the flood, they were eating and drinking and marrying and giving in marriage until the day they entered the ark. So everyone's just doing their stuff right now, right? As Brother Moore says, they're living like they're going to do this the rest of the, uh, throughout eternity. They, well, this is what we do. You know, oh, it's so important to, you know, do, I don't know. They're just doing stuff every day, right? And they're not thinking about eternity. But uh, they're not going to do that stuff forever. But you and I, when we do stuff, even daily stuff, we're doing it by faith. We're doing it endeavoring to be led by the Spirit. And every time God's going, yep, 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 yep. And there's a distinction that's made. And it can just be deceiving because it'll look like, well, I'm filing just like anybody else in the office is filing. But if you're believing God and you're putting pressure on the uh, measure of the substance of God himself, well, you're filing different. And you're doing works of God. And you're obtaining favor as you're doing it. And God is quickening you and helping you to file better than anyone in that office. And he's qualifying you through faithfulness to move up to a higher job level. Or maybe a new job that never existed. He's also training you for that which is to come. Amen. But it can be so common. When I say look up and lift up. How do you look up and lift up? The Lord's coming. Well, you know, you can try to stare at the sun till your corneas melt or whatever. But what we're really doing is looking at him through the prayer. What do you want me to do, God? Amen. And then we do it in faith every day. And we don't ill-esteem it because we're living by faith. And as we do it, that measure of the God kind of faith is impacting the area around you in your office. You know it. People are drawn to you. You go to Walmart. You're trying to just find, you know, Starbucks instant coffee. And people come up and just start talking to you about their Aunt June or something. I'm like... Hello, do I, do I have like a counseling badge on? Hello, do I have a Walmart badge on? Why are you talking to me? <clears throat> and they're not just talking, like, they're vomiting all over you. Because they see you, they see you while you're getting your coffee, amen? And you turn to speak with them, oh, hallelujah. And you are obeying God. You're doing what God told you to do in your garden. You know, back there in the Garden of Eden, they just, they could have done every, they could have ruled and reigned the earth just in that garden. They listened to that dumb snake, and then they got kicked out of their garden. Everything you need to fulfill the plan of God is right here in the middle of you and in your garden, dude. Hallelujah. It's not hard, it's easy. But don't ill-esteem it. Don't ill-esteem it. Get up in the morning. Okay, what's he telling me to do today? Okay, I'm going to find my car keys by faith. Hallelujah. <laughs> I'm going to believe for favor and unction everywhere I go today. If I feel to lay hands on someone, I'm just going to pray for them real quick. Hallelujah. Or if God tells me to start checking out an online course, I'm going to check that course out. Well, how can I do an online course? I don't, just take the first step and Google the thing. Whatever he's telling you to do, that's what his mom said, do it. Yes. Or like Pastor Bruce said, throw the net on the left side. They did it. And it was different than where they fished before. Amen. Hallelujah. And it prepares us for where we're going. Okay, so anyway, continuing on here. Look at this. Uh, verse 39. Uh, let's see. Verse 38. For in, in the days before the flood, they were eating and drinking, marrying, giving in marriage until that day uh, uh, then of Noah, then they entered the ark. Verse 39. And did not know until the flood came and took them all away. So will it be in the coming of the Son of Man. Verse 40. Then two men will be in the field. One will be taken and the other left. So two guys were there, but one's a Christian. Two guys are working in a field together, doing the same thing. One's doing it by faith. One's doing it in faith. One's doing it unto God. When the rapture came, there he goes. Hallelujah. You can be right beside other people. Don't ever ill-esteem what God's doing with you. Do not despise the beginnings or even the middle because they are preparing us for that which God has for us. 
before we go. And that, on the other side. So anyway, we get to some examples here. All right. Oh, no. Okay, fine. Anyway, so uh, for example, um, that woman in the, in the Gospels, she had an issue of blood many years. And she had visited many physicians, but only grew worse. But when she saw Jesus, she said, if I just touch the hem of his garment, I'll be healed. So she's crawling through a crowd she wasn't even supposed to be in. She touched the hem of his garden, garment, and she was healed. And then he turned around. And he goes, who touched me? Because she did. And uh, he, then he told her, he said, uh, daughter, your faith made you whole. An astounding statement. You see, most of these exploits in the Bible is just like one person believing God. And God's like, I'm writing this down. It's going to be heralded throughout eternity. You just believe in God for your healing. Amen. Getting it a little better every day. It's heralded throughout the earth and into eternity. Are you with me here? It's about pleasing him, not pleasing everybody else. That's what it's about. Hallelujah. Um, I know that uh, when we, at one point, we had eight people there in Thousand Oaks, you know. And uh, Lonnie was like, oh, we got eight people, you know. And so he was sitting in the car listening to Brother Moore. And Brother Moore was ministering, and Brother Moore goes, oh, we got eight people. We got eight people. We're trusting the Lord. Oh, and Lonnie's like, what? And I heard Brother Moore say, if you only got, he didn't say only, if you got three people and God told you to do it, you have to obey him. Because it's not about the magnitude. It's not about comparing with other people. It's not about, it's about obeying God. Because you're going to be held accountable for it. And already you guys are a renegade breed. We're out there in California, tons of Christians out there. People are like, oh, there's no Christians. Oh, yeah, there are Christians everywhere. Mm, they slip in on the born-again message, and then that's it. Come on. Then they get real religious. Born again, but that tongue stuff. No. Born again, but that authority of the believer stuff, no. I mean, it's no. And then, born again, but they don't, well, you never know if God will heal you or not. Come on. You're a renegade group. Is it, you think every church in the city believes like you? Can I give me some response? No, they do not. Hallelujah. But you do. I like how Brother Pastor Ray said to me one time, he goes, oh, Dana, yeah, we believe in faith and the believer's authority and speaking in tongues. He goes, some of these big, you know, mega churches, you know, that don't believe that, look how big they are. He goes, isn't it a shame we know what's right? <laughs> But we believe for mega churches anyway. But I'm not going to compromise on what I believe. I'm going to be around believers that believe like me. And I'm going to do what God called me to do, even though it might not look like with all this fanfare. But brother, if it has the measure of the God kind of faith on it, then it's going to be effectual somehow in this earth. And on the other side, it prepares me for what I'm going to be doing. Are you with me? The woman at the well. You know, Jesus flat out told her, I'm the Christ. She's like, oh, one little lady who had seven husbands, or five husbands. <laughs> Just her doing her deal, listening to Jesus, and then she goes tell other people what he told her. She's heralded in the Gospels, and she's going to be heralded throughout heaven. Are you with me? Yes. Uh, Lonnie tells a story about what Je uh, Jesse uh, Duplantis tells, how he went to heaven. Lonnie likes uh, Jesse Duplantis' testimony of going to heaven. And he said as he was walking around heaven, there was this guy walking around that had like these wild clothes on wild robes and amazing colors that differed from everybody else's robe. And Jesse goes, who's that? And I don't know if it's the angel of the Lord talking to him or whatever. He goes, uh, it's not for you to know, but he was a person that nobody knew about, but he obeyed God and he got that robe for it. Are you with me? Are you with me? Is it about pleasing other people? Is it about a, 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 being a, a competitive with other people? Nope. Is it even about esteeming the things the world esteems and their definitions of success? I'll tell you. Now, there's that Saturday Night Live has a skit of Molly Shannon, and she wears a real weird tight uh, jumpsuit. It's polyester, and she's got her hair all teased up, and she's supposed to be an older lady. 
And so she comes walking in in the skit to apply to be a police officer. And they're all looking at her like she's crazy. You know, and she goes, I'm 50 and I can kick and stretch. I'm 50. And they're like, okay, whatever. And so when I turned 60, which was last year, I said, I'm 60 and I can kick and stretch and I don't care anymore. I don't care what it looks like I'm doing. I don't care if it's moving or not moving. I don't care what other people think. I'm going to tear up Jack and do everything he told me to do and just see where it gets me. You going to do that too? I'm 60. I might even get me a polyester jumpsuit. See, because they'll come to me. He's like, oh, you, and look, you even wrote books, and they're not doing anything. Had an old book called You Can Pray. And so, uh, you know, and the pastor, Mark Brzee, he ended up meeting with them. He prophesied to me. He goes, Dana, you're hearing this stuff, or you're thinking, I ain't really doing anything. It's not really impacting. It ain't going to go anywhere. He goes, that's a lie. He goes, it is doing something, and you're getting ready to take off. Right. You know, you're getting ready to take off. Amen. So I went to this meeting, you know. And there was an elderly Chilean lady there. And she goes, I want to tell you something. She goes, I didn't want to write to you or didn't want to mail it to you. I wanted to tell you in person. She said, I found this book. It's called You Can Pray. It's an old book. I don't even know how she got it. It's out of print. And uh, she goes, I found this book and it ministered to me. And she goes, and I, I, I studied this book. And she goes, it ministered to me so much. It's about the Ephesians prayer. She said that even, I wanted to begin to teach this book. And she goes, and there's humor in it that I, it doesn't translate very well. So she goes, I, I asked God how to even communicate the truths in it and, and the humor. And she goes, and so I will send you a picture. She goes, the book is so marked up and highlighted that I can barely read it anymore. And she said, I have been teaching the Chilean people how to pray the Ephesians prayer for their government for two years now. And she said, the book was sitting on my counter, because it's ridiculous. I put a guy on the front of the book, because I thought he looked cool. And so they, they don't know it was written by a woman, because they tell you all kinds of crazy stuff. Don't tell them it's written by a woman, they will buy it. Stupid, stupid stuff. <laughs> And so anyway, so she said the book was sitting there, and it was turned over, and my picture was on the back, but it's an old picture. And she said her daughter came walking in, and she, she goes, Mom, did you look at the back of this book? And she goes, that's Reverend Dana that was here last year. And she goes, what? <laughs> that book, that book the devil's telling me, ain't doing nothing. Wow. Ain't going nowhere. If God tells you, like Pastor Bruce, Put your net over here. I love that. It's a fishing thing, too. We said a guy named Jesse in our church get baptized in the Holy Ghost. So cool, man. He didn't even like, there was nothing emotional about it in terms of, you know, fog machines and, you know, see us rubbing his head dry and, you know, all this stuff you think you got to do to speak in tongues. I just started giving him the scripture and you could, like, you could, he's a fisherman. He's a fisherman. He fishes. And so... He's like, whoop. I, I was just saying the scriptures to him. <laughs> you could just see the Holy Ghost come up. You know, just like he's going to belch his brains out. You know what I mean? Boop. And he starts, and I'm like, well, he's ready to blow. You know what I mean? But, he, you know, I think he was waiting for, like, maybe something that he had seen maybe some women around him do before. Ooh, you know, and all this stuff. But I just kept pumping scripture. He's like, bah, bah. <laughs> and all of a sudden he's like, shele bo salavata la camrevato. So articulate, so masculine, amazing. You know what I mean? And I go, stop, start, stop, start. So he did. And then people at church were like, Jesse spoke into, and yes, he did. We just shoved a bunch of scriptures and they're like dynamite and lit the thing. We'll squeegee him off the walls later. But do you love this? I took a picture when Pastor Bruce was, was preaching. Because I'm like, oh, man, Jesus was a fisherman. Look at that, man. Yeah. He told these guys how to fish. Have you done that? If you fish, believe God to get the biggest one. Yeah, come on. If come you on. fish, believe God to get the most. Yes. 
I'm serious. Right after Jesse got baptized like that, I was talking to him. He goes, I'm going to leave right after the service. I'm going to take my children and go fishing and talk to them about Jesus. I go, you come on, dude. Come on in a fishing boat. Are you with me? Yes, come on. <laughs> these, are, these are all things that are made out of the substance of heaven. And they impact the earth. Your faithfulness alone, it qualifies you. God can use you. It's between you and the Lord. Don't you love him? Yes. Obey him. Yeah. I remember when I got saved. Uh, something came in, in oh, right here. It's him. Just obey him. Forget about other people. Do what God told you to do. And just keep bleh, vomiting that measure of the God kind of faith on people. Hallelujah. Infect them. Hallelujah. Prove yourself and let it affect people because we won't know on this side all the things that were written in the book that you've done. That's what I said about Jesus. If, uh, if all the books that were in, they wouldn't even be able to fit in the earth because that's a measure of the God kind of faith and it multiplies and it goes and it does things we have no idea about. Brother Moore said most of the stuff that we'll hear won't be on this side. It'll be over there. Lion tells another story about um, a woman who she witnessed to someone and she said it was such a precious experience she led this person to the lord because the lord uh, dumped his power on her and uh and she goes it was such a blessing witnessing to someone because i got dumped the power on me and that woman had a vision of heaven and when she went there she saw her mansion and this beautiful fountain that had been built and when you look into the waters of that fountain you could see that event again and Jesus told her, I built this fountain to memorialize. Doesn't he memorialize things? You ever read the Beatitudes or the, the names in the Old Testament? He don't forget nothing. So I built this fountain so we can constantly look in in the waters and see that event again when that happened. Don't you love him? Is it about loving him? Is it about serving him? And then let everyone else just eat your dirt, man. <laughs> Hallelujah. Glory to God. Very quickly, let's go to the scripture, and then we got a little video. Luke 19. So Brother Moore uh, had Mrs. Moore come up and share. I don't know if it was a dream or vision that she had. And uh, he was talking about this scripture right here, how important it is, how impactful it is, your faithfulness, how everything you do on this earth with a measure of that God kind of faith imprints eternity. And so Luke... Uh, 19 and verse 11. Now as they heard these things, he spoke another parable because he was near Jerusalem because he thought, the, and because they thought the kingdom of God would appear immediately. Therefore he said, a certain nobleman went into a far country to receive for himself a kingdom and return. Verse 13. So he called, <clears throat> so he called 10 of his servants, delivered to them 10 minas, and said to them, do business till I come. So he gave them a deposit. We have a down payment of the purchased possession, the Holy Ghost. So this is a picture of us saying again. Verse 13, so he called ten of his servants, delivered to them ten minas, and said to them, do business till I come. But his citizens hated him and sent a delegation after him, saying, we will not have this man to reign over us. And so it was that when he returned, having received the kingdom, he then commanded these servants to whom he had given the money to be called to him that he might know how much every man had gained by trading. In other words, what did they do with what I put inside them? Right? Goes on to say, then the first came saying, Master, your mina has earned ten minas. Uh, I think that's the one he gave ten to. Verse 17. And he said to them, well done, good, good servant. Because you are faithful in a very little, have authority over ten cities. So he gave them what? Ten quarters? They were good with it? He goes, now you can rule a city. Pretty big returns here. Yeah. And the Verse 18. And the second came saying, Master, your minas are in five minas. Likewise, he said, you also be over five cities. I tell you, where we're going is where we're going. You're not meant to live here forever. Yeah. Amen. And, and just like that. It'll be over. Yeah. And you'll be in heaven. And God will be like, all right, this is what they did. We're going to put them over here and utilize this. Oh, dude, I'm working on it. I'm working on a building. Hallelujah. I'm working on being faithful and see how much I qualify for on the other side. Amen. Amen. And I ain't no, let no one steal my reward. Amen. Verse 19. Likewise, he said to him, you also will be over five cities. Then another came saying, Master, here's your mind in which I kept and I put in a handkerchief. Because I feared you because you're an austere man. You collect what you do not deposit and reap where you do not sow. 
So he believed something bad about God. Oh, God won't use me. I just got nothing, really. That's really evil. Verse 22, and he said, out of your own mouth, I'll judge you, you wicked servant. You knew I was an austere man. He's just saying you thought that about me. You thought I was an austere man, collecting what I did not deposit and reaping what I didn't sow. Why then did you not put my money in the bank? And at least at my coming, I might have collected interest. And he said to those who stood by, take what from them and give to him who's got 10 minus. Uh, but they said to him, Master, he has 10 minus. For I say to you that everyone, uh, that to everyone who has will be given, and from him who does not have, even what he has will be taken away. I'm not, I'm not going to be disqualified for blessings. I'm going to be faithful with what I got, and that's what he looks at. If he tells you, you pray and you read the word, and he says, clean your car, then clean your car. If he tells you to believe for a car, well, I don't know, go get a picture of it then. Put it up on the mirror. Find out what he told you to do. You don't got to figure it out. Just do what he told you to do. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. And so can we show that video? It's eight minutes long, so I'm still looking at my cutoff time. Hallelujah. Who am I looking at? Vince, I think you're up there. I'm sorry, it's bright lights. This is Mrs. Moore in response to this thing about being faithful and the cities you'll rule on the other side then. Oh, there he is. Sound. Or I can just show you on my... can do it on my iPad real quick. Okay, cool. Okay. I limit my time. Thank you. Ooh, it's got a video. <laughs> Sorry, this happens in every church, folks. News alert, bend over. <laughs> so crazy right in the middle of these presentations. I'm like, oh. Well, can you give me the uh, internet real quick, and it'll be clearer. Wi-Fi not connected. Uh, birth of, is it birth of family church or church guest? Okay. Oh. Oh, okay. I'm sorry, the password is birth family. Oh, there? Okay. 
again. Let me pull that up now. Should we friend? Oh, that's a good idea too, yeah. Okay, where are we at? Here we are. To the Holy Spirit. Yeah, let's get it bigger. Trillis, you come up with us. The Lord gave Phyllis some years ago. Uh, you understand mm -hmm. over here? Um, Can you guys see it? it? You don't have to really see it then. Phyllis. Okay. Is, um, she has the anointing on her of an administrator, like Joseph. And, uh, I feel like Vanna White. The help to me, I can't even begin to, to describe. And so these things have always been close to her heart and mine. And um, she had an experience. How long ago do you think this would be? Looks good. Uh, How long ago do you think this would be? Uh, a few years ago? Ten years ago, maybe. And I believe you said you'd never had one like it before or since. And uh, we just, we, we know it was the Lord giving her a glimpse of things to come. That's one of the ministries of the Holy Spirit. He said he'll show you things to come. So Phyllis, would you just share with us a little bit about that and what you experienced and, and what it was? Well, I didn't tell anybody for the longest time. I probably didn't tell Keith till, what, three or four years ago, you know. Some things you just don't tell, you know. And, and so um, I just know that um, um, I appeared to be in heaven. And um, when I did, it was like I was leaving some kind of of a ceremony from like what I would I'm going to say the word seems because you know you don't know everything you only know what it seemed to be in your heart at the time um, I was leaving what seemed to be the big city or the throne or the or whatever and there had been a ceremony maybe where something happened with you and you received your orders type thing and maybe not only you but maybe others and I was leaving what seemed to me to be the city which would have been maybe out here in this area and as I would leave um, maybe where Rick and Sally are the gate would be say like there and I was going this way but I don't remember rising up I just remember because I had someone to this side of me and they were this way with me and then I had someone to this side of me and all I remember then the next thing I remember was I was talking with this person to this side and we were then I don't want to say flying, but that's what you were doing. But you were just kind of floating and going along, you know. But you were in the air really high. And at first, I didn't see anything except for, uh, I recall, over to the left of me, it was like there was this great, big, beautiful forest to the left. And I remembered today, I hadn't even told Keith this, but I remember today underneath us was like this green patch and there were these it looked like warrior horses and riders on them going underneath me but they were so full of joy they were happy about whatever they were doing I, I don't know what they were doing but they were just riding underneath us and you could see them as we were going along and I wasn't paying attention because this person to my left was giving me instruction. It was like he was there to tell me what my jobs were going to be to do and where I was supposed to be basically <clears throat> over. And if you guys would put that picture up and just kind of keep it up for the rest of it. And it was like I saw, this is not it, but it was like I saw something like this. And it was like that dark area, but it wasn't dark, but it was like 
it wasn't cities yet. I came out of a place like that. It was green and it was lush and it was everything. But then I began to see when he started to tell me that there were cities that things were going on. And he began to tell me, and it was kind of different because he would say like, this city, like you see that first one where the curve is, he'd say, now that city's doing real well. You won't have to check on it much. Um, they're, they're covered real well. And, and then the, the other city to the right of it, it's going real well too. And um, you probably wouldn't have to check on it much. Just say hi every once in a while, you know, that sort of thing. But then you, you and it was, you were up that high or higher and, and you were just kind of going along. And we did this for a while. And then all of a sudden we'd, we'd go a little bit and he would tell me about something else that your responsibilities were, but then he'd say, then we got to this other city, like maybe this big one over here, but it was kind of further out, maybe way farther, um, but it was a, a big city. And um, he kind of pointed to that one. He said, now you need to tell them now what they need to do about that, and you need to explain to them how they need to fix that. And so I did. I just like knew, and he was telling me what I needed to do and training me, but I already knew what I needed to tell them. And I told them, and this was the joy that filled my heart, was that I didn't speak to them, I just thought it, and they knew it. They knew it instantly, but that wasn't the thing that filled me with joy. It was that there was no lack of a better word, resistance to what you told them to do. It was like, okay, yeah, we got it, and we're going to do it, and, it, and you knew instantly it was going to be done right. Amen. It was like you would never have to tell them again that it would be done, and you would never have to think about it again. But the thing even more than that was that the person that was there that was over that city, it seemed like and I don't want to add to it more than what I know, it seemed like maybe I knew that person, and maybe if it would have been here in the world, there might have been a little animosity that I might have been telling them what to do, but there was none. They were so thrilled that I was there, and so thrilled that I was giving them instruction, and so happy to see me, and so just, Wow, yes, we got it. So glad to see you. So happy. And this was just all translated in like the blink of an eye. You just knew all this. And you just went on to the next city. And, and he was telling you about that one. Now, that one's had a little bit of trouble. You're going to have to really stay on top of that one there because they just haven't seemed to get it yet. <clears throat> and that was kind of the way he said it. They just haven't seemed to get it yet. Now, what if they didn't get? I don't know. But that was kind of it. But it was like the biggest majority of them, um, it was like everything's good there. You just might stop by sometime and say hi. You know, but that was kind of, and then it was all over with. Hallelujah. But that was it. Praise God. Thank you. Hallelujah. And so he had just preached on that passage that I preached on. As you're faithful, you get cities. And that passage was not written to ministers. It was just written to Christians. So hallelujah. We showed you that video to show you a little bit what's going to happen. When you get over there, dude, you ain't going to be sitting around like a little fat naked baby with wings on your back on a cloud. You're going to be working, hallelujah, and qualifying for amazing things, just being faithful at filing. Hallelujah. Amen. Pastor Bruce, what time? What's the actual time that we've done? I'd like to watch. <laughs> oh, man. Okay, four after. Oh, well. But there were some difficulties. Okay, good. <laughs> Hallelujah. Shut me down. Oh, nearby personal hotspot. What? There's just so much that's at stake. There is so much at stake. Amen. Regardless of who we are in Christ. That's exactly right. Or however small we think we are. Come on. Come on. And I, I, I didn't see this before, 
is that when those ten talents were given to that individual, I didn't realize that was a down payment. Mm. And it was a deposit. And it was given to us, yes, to accomplish things, but it was also to measure our faithfulness. Oh, that's good. And so right now, we, we have a deposit. We got a deposit. And if we'll be faithful to that deposit, even if we don't know all the details of where it's taking us, that's we just, exactly we just right. keep just being faithful what we know to do today. Today. We only have power over today. That's, that's right. right. And, and if we'll just do that, now what's happening is we're we're defining what our reward will be on the other side. That's he exactly doesn't, right. He doesn't decide your reward. No, he doesn't. I do. I do. You do. You do. And if we're faithful with it, you have proven you can be entrusted. Yes. With more. Yes. And it's. God's so smart. He's so smart. <laughs> Come on. I'm just repeating everything he says. And so it's embarrassing. Don't don't think of yourself as as you're not significant. Don't, no. Don't consider well. I. What are I? What am I really doing? Nope. Well, you're coming to church. Yeah, you're coming Woo! to church. You're reading your Bible. Reading your Bible, big you're deal. Praying. Big deal. Yeah. Praying. You're, big you're, deal. You're using your faith. Using your faith. Amen. Which is yeah. a gift from God. It is. And as it gets better, and as it gets more developed then you qualify to do more. Do more! For him on the other yes. side. You can get other people's stuff. So, I hope you, you saw that. I saw it. Um, amen. So, we, there's, we're, we're going to get into some more stuff tonight. Amen.